So, I was thinking, how do you make room for big brain ideas? That's exactly what I discuss with Jesse Sheridan, COO of Delta Phi Epsilon. We also chat about how she balances the pressures of being an emerging leader with being a parent here in Philadelphia. We then chat about recurring meetups that she's been hosting, dubbed Big Brain Fridays. Lastly, we touch on Jessie's passions and the steps she takes to live her healthiest and, of course, best life. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the show. Hey, Jesse, how's it going? Hey, Baz, how are you? I'm, I'm doing well. Uh, it was a nice uh, sunny day today. Uh, not too warm, uh, but not too cold either. So, you know, glad to get inside, though, uh, and, and chat with you today. So Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, and thank you for, for your time. For those who might be listening, might not know you, I'd love if you just like introduce yourself. Sure, thanks. So Jesse Sheridan, I am, my day job is I'm the chief operating officer at a women's leadership nonprofit located here in Philadelphia called Delta Phi Epsilon International Headquarters. And I I've been here in Philadelphia since 2014, and I moved here to take a job in higher education and have a few different roles since then, but I'm a Philadelphia lover. I bleed green, and so moving here has been really pretty transformational for me. Um, I've met my husband here. I've met some of my best friends and colleagues, such as yourself, Um, and I, I am a lifelong Philadelphian now after uh, the 30-year mortgage that I just signed recently. I'm certainly here for the long haul. So uh, outside of work, I'm pretty involved in the Chamber of Commerce here in Philadelphia, the chair of the Young Professionals Council, and sit on the board of directors for the chamber. Um, and I'm an avid yogi. I teach yoga at Thrive Pilates and Yoga Studio on Walnut. And uh, most recently, my newest adventure and identity is I'm a mom. Uh, I had a daughter about a year ago, and as someone who never thought that they would have kids, to have a little mini me running around is um, has really added uh, a little bit more fun to my life and uh, starting to see things in a whole different perspective through her. So that's a little bit about me. <laughs> just a little bit no and, and you know it's it's interesting that you you kind of talk about all the their variety of different things you do but also the element of of being a parent and, and you know having a, a another you know not just another responsibility but also this this life that you get to kind of help mold and create and share these experiences with I'm interested um you know as as an uncle how uh kind of you balance the the responsibilities of being a parent with uh, all the different things you do, uh, you know, involved with being the chair of the Young Professionals Council, uh, as well as being a part of the Chamber Arts and Business Council here in Philadelphia. I'm sure that, you know, on first glance, not all those things kind of connect to each other, but I, I'd be interested to hear how how kind of one informs the other and, and vice versa. I love that question because uh, you saying it right there, like, oh, you have this responsibility to like mold this person. You're like, oh shoot, you're right. I do have that responsibility. But when I think about all the things that I've done in my life and like, what is that core element? What's the thing that ties all of that together? And it comes down to 
helping folks get to the next level in their leadership and, and helping them be the best version of themselves. And, and one could argue that I'm doing that with my daughter. Like, how can I help her be the best version of herself as she grows and, and giving her different opportunities and allowing her to make mistakes and, and see through failures that allow her to grow. And she's only one year old. So, you know, I can read some books every night and inspire her. But um, now I'm really looking forward to like helping to, you know, mold her in a way that allows her to be, you know, a kind giving person in her community. Um, and, and, and that really does tie throughout all the things that I do in, in my yoga practice. Um, I don't know if you've ever done yoga, but when you leave a yoga studio, you are floating through air and it's something about, you know, just being a good person and being kind and leaving judgment at the door and, and really focusing on how can you be your best self and how does that impact other people around you? And then tie that into the chamber. I, there is nothing more enjoyable to me than connecting to people or networking and allowing the business community to grow here in Philadelphia. And it's, it's a pretty remarkable place. I think Philadelphia is a pretty humble city. Um, we're, we're not all here just for ourselves. We're here to help other people grow and, and connect and, you know, be successful. So how do I balance it? Mm, it depends. Um, some days I do it really well. Some days, um, maybe not so well, but it comes down to what's essential. And so, you know, what is truly essential when I look at my calendar, do I need to be in this meeting? If I'm not in this meeting, can those folks still have a great conversation and maybe they will grow in their leadership because I'm not there taking over the conversation <laughs> or, you know, if, if I'm invited to something that I'm really not, not really that interested in attending or being a part of uh, in my personal life, I shouldn't probably go. Um, that's not helping me or, or that person or that, you know, that, that group. So really pinpointing what's essential and there will always be things in our life that maybe we don't want to do that we need to do or, or we're obligated to doing, but how do we minimize that as much as possible so that we can just always be doing things we love and that our energy really elevates because we want to be doing it. I think that's really important. And I appreciate that you kind of talk about, you know, what's essential and, and kind of what being intentional almost. Um, it, it reminds me of, you know, the book Essentialism uh, by Peter McEwen. And so that central question of how could I do more by doing less? It seems like you align kind of your, your, you know, parenthood with being a, a, a leader here in Philadelphia through the, the chamber and through YBC mm -hmm. and kind of take that same mindset across the various venues, as well as being a yogi. But I'm curious, you know, how did that involvement start um, and, and kind of, you know, take me through that journey. So the job I took, um, I was living in Center City and I was taking the regional rail out of the city every day. So round trip, I'm spending 80 to 90 minutes on the train. And um, while I read a ton of books that year and listened to a lot of podcasts, I wasn't meeting people, Baz. And I, I was like coming home and thinking, this is great. I, I do have friends in the city, but my network is only so small. And um, I was really, really looking to, to meet more, more folks. And so I thought, well, I'm a young professional. How do I connect with more young professionals who are like-minded in the sense of like, 
I want to be around people who are lifelong learners, who are curious, who, who are supportive and humble and want to help, you know, each other grow and, and that we can grow off of each other. And so I did a quick Google search. I feel like I tell this story all the time, but I did a quick Google search and the first thing that came up was the Chambers Young Professionals Council. And I said, okay, I'll do it. And I went to my first networking event. And at that time, you know, I'm such a different person today, but I could not imagine networking. It was like the last thing I wanted to do was go out and, you know, switch business cards with people. And so I said, I'm going to take four business cards. And once I've met four people and exchanged four cards, I'm out. That's not what happened. I went and I met some amazing people who immediately were warm and welcoming and, and curious about me and what I do and how they could help me and ended up running out of business cards. And um, that's, it's kind of like, you know, the rest is history, which, you know, I'm continuing to create history, I think. And and it has the YPC, my membership there, then my membership in the chamber um, has given me so much, um, so many connections and um, really has allowed me to fulfill my mission and vision in life, which is, you know, to help people be better people. Um, and I've been able to do that through the power of connection. And, and you know, so, something that comes to mind when you, you know, when you say connection and connecting with people for connection sake, lasting connections is almost a sense of community. Um, and that's, I don't know about you, but that's kind of what I feel with the YPC, but also, you know, whether it be through the, the you know, um, chamber, through the Arts and Business Council, through groups associate with those two um, organizations, I think it always boils down to kind of the sense of community. Um, and, and, you know, I, I, I think that's really important in terms of not just being someone who takes from that community, but also being a steward to the community and giving back to it. From my perspective, you've definitely been, you know, one of the people who's always, hey, you know, here's someone I think you should, should know, or, hey, oh, I, I saw you, you met up with this person. Oh, they're, they're amazing. Um, if, you, if you guys hit it off, I'm sure you would get your connection with this other person. So I, I appreciate that uh, and your efforts there um, and, and just doing that for all of Philadelphia. <laughs> I, there are times where I'm like, I actually need to do work today. I can't just network with people all day. Yeah, it's, it's truly become like a, a passion of mine, just meeting people, learning about what their problems are and connecting them with people who might have a solution or guide them to the next solution. Uh, I love this term big brain, you know, Fridays. Um, so I'm just curious, you know, uh, I know you're kind of in the midst of still, you know, rolling those out, but, but I love to hear more about, about that idea and that concept. Yeah. So I'll actually share, I've got two different kind of passion projects going, if you will. So the one is big brain Friday, which some days it's big brain Tuesday. Sometimes it's big brain Wednesday. Either way, it's usually a morning where I'm gathering um, a couple of people really meant to be more of an intimate kind of conversation, three or four people max. And we kind of just sit down and we say who we are. Uh, the, the key is they don't, the rest of the people don't know each other. Um, so that they're making three new connections, but who are you and what's one one issue you have this week and how can, can we potentially help you? And so it's, it's really just bringing people together in different industries to be able to almost mastermind and brainstorm around, you know, four different issues that people are having. And then we walk away with new contacts, new ideas, and what the ultimate goal is, is innovation. And 
I just found throughout the past two years, you know, working from home in a pandemic, I, I felt like my innovation level was so low. And I know I get so many ideas and energy off of other people. And so once it felt safe enough to be able to be in person with folks getting out and having these big brain conversations. And as the weather is getting warmer now, I'm getting more into it again. The winter really does cripple me when it comes to getting out. And so I'm always looking for folks who want to, you know, just think big in those conversations. And another thing I started a few years ago, actually, way before the pandemic was around a, a group, there are women's circles, uh, I'd like to call them the badass women's circles. And there are two of them. And again, more of like an intimate six people conversation. And it's an opportunity for women leaders to come together and have, you know, really vulnerable conversation. What are the things that personal or professional that we're, we're working through and how do we lean on each other as a network to uh, lift each other up. And the first one was so successful that I started a second one. Um, and then that was so successful. And instead of adding more people, which might dilute the conversation, adding more circles. And so at the end of this month, I'm starting a third one that's specifically for career-minded moms. So now that my identity involves being a mom, bringing together a circle of folks who are, you know, really hardworking, you know, career-driven moms. Um, so those circles are, are another kind of outlet for me for innovation and also support. It's interesting that you talk about having a circle of about six or so. Um, so I, I'm currently uh, reading a, The Art of Gathering by Priya Parker. So it's funny because we talk about, you know, being, you know, community. I, when I thought about it, I haven't really read about, you know, the, the science or even the, the art of, of getting people together. And there's so much that goes into a group and the group dynamics and really getting things right and how intentional you can be about it. Um, and so it's interesting that you're saying, hey, actually, instead of growing that, anything we have, we always want to talk about scaling it up or, or growing it or taking it to the next level. And you're saying, well, no, let's scratch that and let's just adjust and move on to a different circle uh, and keep those circles intimate. Yeah. And it, you start to feel the conversation drifting when you get more than a certain amount of people and, and keeping that to a small size, not to mention just like coordinating schedules with everyone. You know how that goes. We need a doodle poll to get together. You know, maybe we shouldn't be meeting, but funny you talk about Priya Parker because um, I was at a conference in December of 2019 where she was the keynote speaker. And little did we know three months later, we would be in a global pandemic. And so what an interesting perspective that she brings, like pre-pandemic, how her message, you know, resonated with us so much at that time. And now how it was like, she knew this was coming and we needed this, this content to be able to say like, why gathering is so important and creating those communities and, and what does that look like for um, you know, the impact of, of the cities you live in and, and the communities where you're a part of. So yeah, she's awesome. Oh yeah. No, I, I love her book. Uh, for those listening, if, if you haven't read it, um, you know, definitely I would grab a copy. It, it is um, as someone who I like to think of myself as a social person, um, it really, I, you know, so many different thoughts about how to just have events, have gatherings, have dinners. You know, I'm rethinking uh, like every single event I've ever hosted now uh, because of it. But I, I, I really, that principle of six people or so is, you know, if you want to have something kind of intimate, that's, that's usually the max 
I think that's so important. And, and the fact that you kind of gravitate towards that is, is very smart and innovative as well. Mm-hmm. But tr- using that as a, a jumping off point in, in terms of, you know, talking about the pandemic, talking about kind of these systems that we've created to kind of get us through everything, you know, both during the pandemic and, you know, I won't say it's over. As you look towards the future, especially kind of your responsibilities now, how do you live a healthy lifestyle? You know, I, I you know as a, especially as a yoga instructor, I would imagine that involves something, you know, along the lines of moving your body. Yeah. Uh, I was someone, uh, you know, as a teen really struggled with, you know, body positivity and, and health and well-being has always been something that I want to say I struggled with. And I have, as I have grown and as I've learned more about who I am and what makes me feel well, it comes down to a few things. I need to move. I love walking. I used to like think I need to be a runner. I ran the Philadelphia marathon. And then I was like, why am I doing this? I don't enjoy this at all, but I love walking and I love moving and moving. My body makes me feel good. Eating healthy also makes me feel good. You will also find me with a glass of wine from time to time, or, you know, I love a good French fry on a Friday. Um, but, but really knowing what nourishes me and gives me the most energy is, is key as well. I also really and truly believe in mental fitness and more than ever, we have to prioritize our mental fitness. Um, I've always been, I, I, my mother tells me that as a child, I, I told her that I wanted to go to bed instead of her telling me it was time for bed. And so sleep has always been something that I know I need. And so, uh, I have a really strong evening nighttime routine that, you know, pretty coordinated so that I'm lights out at 10 o'clock. Um, but my, I know that sleep movement and a healthy diet that nourishes my body will give me the energy that I need to do all the things that I do. Um, some other things I work on is, is mindfulness. I would love to sit here and tell you that I practice, um, you know, mindfulness and breathing exercises every day. It's the first thing I forget to do is breathe. And yet it's the easiest thing (laughs) that we can do. Um, I, I do, I do practice yoga on and off the mat and, and teach it. And something that is a constant work in progress is just this concept of, of letting go of what I can't control. Um, and some days I'm really good at it and things just roll off of me. And then there are other days where I'm like, I have to like pause and say, okay, you've been clenching your fists or your jaw all day long. Your shoulder blades hurt because you've been, you know, just so tense and your body tells you what you need to know. Right. And so, um, and then saying, okay, pause, breathe, close your eyes, step away, take a walk, whatever it is. And it's a journey. I mean, I, some days I feel amazing. Today is a great day for me. Um, and, and then other days, you know, we're just human. And I think it's, the key is giving yourself the space and the grace to say, not every day is going to be a good day. And, um, and, and that's okay. Some days it's okay to just sit on the couch. Um, if that's what, if that's what you need and, and other days, you know, get out and move, I think movement and sunshine can cure a lot of things. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I appreciate that. I know, you know, even from, I, I think back to the you know first season 
you know, one of my guests, he's a, a, you know, a friend of mine from high school, Tyler, you know, who had, he had just moved out to California from, from uh, Texas. And he was just saying, you know, I would love I, some days I just go, go for a walk, get in the sun. Uh, it, you know, it's, it's crazy what just being out in the sun can do for your health. But also I think connecting it back to what you're saying, um, you know, you talk about, you know, we talk about mental health, but I, I love the way you phrase it as mental fitness. This, you know, I think uh, especially in the, the period that we're in as it goes with psychology and, and mental health or mental fitness, I think is we're not necessarily thinking of it as fitness, like we would go to the gym and work on it. It's, right. it's something that is, like you said, a, a journey, but something that we actively have to be intentional about and care about and, and really put in the work and time to make sure that we're, we're maintaining it. Because I know for me, you know, I don't have like a, a steady med- meditation practice, but in terms of journaling, um, in terms of other things, I, I, you know, try to take time to be self-aware. Um, so, so I think, you know, having that balance, you know, I think some people are either or, or, you know, all the way or, or none of the way. And so it's, it's nice to say uh, that you are striking that balance for what works for you. Yeah. I'm curious about your journaling. It's something that I always thought was a chore until I started it. Uh, you know, it was recommended that if I just, you know, write down three things of gratitude, that takes me less than a minute to do really. Right. I, there's no excuse why I can't do that. And so it is part of my evening wind down routine is um, writing three things I'm grateful for each day. And it's kind of like just ends on a positive note for the day and, and allows me to be like, yeah, there were three good things that happened today. Even in the worst day, you can come up with like three things to be grateful for. So curious to know how you, um, you know, what's your journaling like? Yeah, no, great question. And for me, so, you know, as I've probably, I've talked about here on the, the show before, but I, I bullet journal, right? So in my bullet journal, it's more like a planner, you know, that has all these weekly spreads, monthly spreads, all these different ways to track things in my life. Um, so one of the things I've added is every month I have kind of a page where I'll just note one thing I'm grateful for. Um, I try to do that every day. Um, but in addition to that, I have a completely separate notebook that is purely journaling for my thoughts. So I might just go in and literally, usually the question I ask is, you know, what, what am I feeling? How am I doing? What am I thinking about? Just to get everything kind of out that's in my head. And through the years, um, whether it be through other creators or through, you know, just other people who've practiced journaling, I've picked up a couple of different prompts. Um, So one of my favorites is, you know, what do I want to start? What do I want to stop? What do I want to continue? It's not just, hey, what am I grateful for? I think um, I think it's about just understanding and being self-aware about, you know, what are the thoughts, even negative thoughts? Because I know when I'm anxious or or when I'm going through a period where I'm like, oh, I'm a little more down than usual. Uh, it's nice to actually state that in paper, uh, in writing. And, and, you know, doesn't happen every day, I will say. You know, I just recently looked back on my journals and I was like, oh, I, there was, you know, you could see the months where I was like, oh, I'm out in the sun. I wasn't necessarily writing as much because I, you know, I was very rare. And then the winter time, it's like every other day or even twice a day. To answer your question, um, I have a variety of different methods. Actually, um, subtle plug, I have a, a journal prompt document. Yeah, I'll, li- I'll link it in the show notes, but for those who want to uh, see some of those journal prompts, definitely willing to share. But yeah, it's uh, been a very iterative process over the 
last years. And by no means do I think I'm an expert. These are just the things that, you know, have helped me. That work for you. Yeah. And that, I think that's the key to all of this, right? Is, is it it has to work for you. What is essential for you? Um, Doesn't mean it's essential for the person next to you. So I love that. And I love how creative you are. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. It was fun to work on that. For those listening, you know, please download it, um, you know, and and hopefully it works for you. Uh, Because I just felt, I was like, well, these are things that have helped me. So hopefully it helps someone else out there. But yeah, speaking of of helping others, um, you know, one of the areas that I know you're very passionate in is, you know, DEI. You know, for those who who may not know, diversity, equity, uh, and inclusion, you know, uh, is the most commonly phrased or or said phrase for, for that acronym. But for you, I'm curious, you know, why is that so important? For you, you know, uh, I know there's been a there's been a movement towards DEI in the last year or so after the murder and, and death of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'd love to get your take and, and kind of what does DEI mean to you and kind of how you've been championing DEI not only in your workplace but in other organizations that you're a part of as well. Thanks for that question. I like to add a B on the end of that acronym. So to include belonging. Fortunately, where I work, Delta Phi Epsilon International Headquarters, our uh, motto is to create a sense of belonging for all members. And so DeFi is, that's what we do. That's what I do every day. I get to show up and put together programs and initiatives and resources that help create a sense of belonging within our 70,000 members globally. So how are we connecting people from wherever they are, whatever stage of life that they're in back to each other and, and feeling that sense of belonging when people feel like they belong they can be their true and authentic self. And so we all get to just be and, and, and hopefully be happy um, and, and connect and, and communities thrive when people feel a sense of belonging and, and feel that they're a part of the fabric of the community. And so fortunately that's my day job. And then my night job is the YPC. And we're also working a lot there to create a, a truly equitable and inclusive experience for anybody who wants to be a part of the YPC. And then our hope there is that that trickles out into the greater business community and how can, how can young professionals drive the, the equity and inclusion within our, within our communities. Philadelphia is a very diverse community, whether you're looking at race or religion or industry or socioeconomic status, we have it all here. And that's why I love living here. And how do we make sure that all folks, regardless of your identity, feel a sense of belonging in Philadelphia. And I just feel fortunate that I have that opportunity to do that through my nine to five, as well as in my volunteer roles. And as a, you know, 35 year old white woman, um, you know, my identities are, are different from your identities. And, and yet we can come together and appreciate each other's identities and celebrate each other's identities and then work together to create um, an amazing community for young professionals and and for Philadelphians. We have a lot of work to do. There's no doubt about that. The city has a lot of work to do. And um, I know you and I were recently talking about the retention of folks within the city of Philadelphia and 
there's a lot of things we need to work on. And a lot of it comes down to at the root, people feeling a sense of belonging and how do we create those spaces that are inclusive to all and celebrate everyone's differences. So I, I don't think I realize how much it's a part of my life every single day, but I am in it all the time and, and constantly thinking about how we, we create those spaces where everybody can be their best self. I will say that just through working through the, the YPC and, and just, you know, knowing you definitely important to you, you know, you definitely enlighten me on, on just my ideas uh, about what does it mean to, you know, be inclusive and also make people feel like they belong. And I think when you talk about saying people feel best and are able to do their best work when they belong, I think that's so true. Think about certain instances during my career where I've felt like, oh, I actually don't really vibe with the environment here. And I didn't realize it until leaving that environment. That was because I didn't feel like I belong, you know, really thinking about that. Um, because being able to show up as our authentic selves uh, is, is way better than any alternative, I think. Wearing that armor or that mask is certainly not how I want to live. And I wouldn't want other people to feel that they need to be wearing that mask all the time as well. It's yeah, it's exhausting. <laughs> so it is exhausting. <laughs> I, I know we don't have too much time here uh, left, but I wanted to go into some of the questions I love asking guests when they when they you know join the show. Um, you know, for, starting with really um, kind of what what motivates you. I know we've talked about uh, a lot of different areas that you're involved in, a lot of different passions that you're involved in. But I'm curious, you know, if there was one single thing that you could point to and say like. Every day I get up, this is this is why. I'd love to hear that. Well, I'll keep it to one thing. Uh, I am a competitor by nature. And for the longest time, I thought, oh, it's just because I'm a crazy Eagles fan and I hate to lose. Um, but really, it comes down to when I get up every day, I think, how can I be better today than I was yesterday? And so it's this internal motivation of just continuing to be the best version of of myself. And, I, and that's not to sound cliche, but even if it's 1% better than I was yesterday and what, how do I define better? Right? Like, did I connect someone today more than yesterday? Or did I, how did I show up as, as a partner to my husband or to, you know, a mother to my daughter or a, you know, supervisor to my direct reports. I just try to be better you know, better advancing myself every day. And so that's what motivates me. Just, I, I, I think like, if I ever felt stagnant, that's like death to me. I mean, I, I, I have to keep improving and there's always a better way of doing things. Um, and so sometimes that's also what keeps me up at night <laughs> because you're like, ah, there's all these things to fix, but you know, that's, that's what I, I, I would say. That's what motivates me is that internal motivation to be the best, better, better today than I was yesterday. Well, I, I think that's, that's perfect. Funny that you kind of say stagnation is, is death to you. I, you know, YouTuber, I follow better ideas, uh, YouTube channel rather, uh, he, you know, the guy literally put together a video that's his unofficial motto is in action is a slow death. Um, and so kind of watching it. Yeah. I, I will make sure to post in the, in the, um, show notes as well, but, uh, you know, it kind of talks about that choice between, Hey, you know, life is pain, void pain and whatnot. But like the alternatives to that is, is kind of, you know, we're also 
kind of dying inside and, and letting that go by the, you know, letting our life literally go by the wayside. So I, I think just to hear, you know, connecting those themes, uh, I think that's really, uh, really nice to see uh, that motivation. Kind of similar. What are your fears? You know, what keeps you up at night? You know, what are the things that, you know, for some, it might be spiders. Uh, for others, it might be, you know, the existential uh, dread of, of leaving a legacy. But I'm curious, Jesse, you know, what is it for you that, you know, keeps you up at night uh, and really kind of keeps you tossing and turning and maybe disrupting uh, that, that sleep routine? That sleep routine, yeah. Yeah, and, and that is a sign. When I am, like, waking up tired, I'm like, something didn't, something, I got to fix something, right? Um, I think deadlines that are out of my control, you know, things that, you know, it comes back to work. There are times where I am up at night thinking about work things, so deadlines that are coming and stuff maybe that is out of my control. Again, that's where I need to channel my inner yogi and say, focus on what you can control. Um, but that, I would say that's my honest answer truly is, is most times if I'm not sleeping well, which is rare, um, it's probably work-related. And then also, I mean, I'd be lying if I didn't say I spend a lot of time thinking about the safety of my daughter. I mean, now becoming a mom, it's just my life has shifted. And now I do have to worry about this little person and, and making sure that they are are safe and well. And, and so I, I wouldn't say it keeps me up at night thinking so much about her, but I spend a lot of time during the day saying, okay, I've got to do this, got to do that. And it does take up a percentage of my brain power really thinking about her it you know it's it's crazy to have the go from oh i'm just worried about myself to have the thoughts of not only yourself but you know these these you know children that you have to yeah. care for and, and make sure hey are they fed are they doing the things that they need to be doing on top of doing that for yourself you know i have much respect to all the parents out there who have been working and parenting and living uh, during this pandemic and during during these times. I say that to say, you know, in addition to that, I'm sure that all the time, you know, when you're making decisions, you know, a little part of your brain is thinking of my family. You know, with one of our, one of the last questions, this is a podcast about living your best life. While you know, you kind of describe some of the things that you know, I think are, are definitely crucial to, to living a good life, to living your best life at, you know, being your best self. You know, I'm interested for those who are balancing their, their job with kind of these side hustles and, and with other things in their life. What advice do you have for them to live their best life in all these different areas? Yeah. I was listening to another podcast the other day that was talking about how folks who are happiest in their nine to five are typically engaged outside of work in two to three other activities, groups, organizations, side hustles, whatever it may be. And so I think that that tells us that you can be a really great and committed employee and do your nine to five and do really well at it. But what really is probably fueling you is what you're doing outside of work. And so whether that's your family or your church or your side hustle, your creative opportunities um, that adds to your life. I, I had a, a mentor many, many years ago say to me, Jesse, your work is just a small percentage of who you are. And so when people come to you and say, hey, tell me about yourself. And the first thing you go into is your job. What does that say about you? There's so much more to say about who you are than just your job. And so I've really been thinking about, well, you know, what are those things that really fill my cup? 
And the days that I'm having my best days are, or my best weeks are when I have networking events with the chamber, when I'm teaching yoga, and I'm also working and really engaged at my job with, with the people that I work with. And so, you know, I, I think, how do you balance it? It goes back to, again, picking the things that are essential to you, trying to cut out what is not what you're able to cut out and, um, and filling your life with the things that, that bring you joy. I mean, I, I think life is too short to do things you don't want to do. And maybe that sounds selfish, but, um, how do you, you know, really pick the things that really fill your cup and, and give you the energy? Because when, when you've got the energy Baz, this week, I have been just like flowing through my days because my energy is high. The sun helps. Certainly. I can't wait till it's warm too. Um, but really, you know, filling my calendar with things that I really enjoy and giving myself the grace to take some time off too. stepping away from social media is definitely recommended, um, stepping away and taking a walk and, and just, you know, enjoying what's, what's out there and, you know, not, not taking things too seriously. It's easier said than done, but, um, that's, that would be my advice. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, first of all, I think that's all great advice. You know, I think that's where I'm at, where I'm like, oh, like I got to do this and that and that. And it's like, well, wait, it's not that I have to, it's that, A, I get, to. I get to, but also these are things that I, I want to do. Like I didn't, you know, no one chose this for me. No one's making me do it. So if I don't want to do it, you know, I'm okay to step back for a second and really focus on something else that I'm, I, I want to. Uh, and really, you know, think about where I'm putting my energy. So I appreciate the the fact that you see that in your day-to-day life and in your work and all the other organizations that you're in involved with, you know, but also I think as a note that you kind of create this sense of flow uh, for yourself where you're, you know, you're not just working on one diff- one thing, you're working on several different things and those allow you to shift your focus without taking away from your energy that and that's that's something I'll, I'll try and replicate in my own life uh, and take away and I hope others take away from this conversation but yeah uh, you know Jesse I really appreciate your time your advice your kind words I think uh, as as a not just a leader in the DEI space uh, here in Philly uh, but also you know in your your you know women's circles with women business leader circles as well as just a, in general, a person in Philadelphia that is a connector and a stewardship for the community we have here. Appreciate the work you've done. I appreciate personally everything you've kind of, you know, helped me in my journey along the way since, you know, that, that fateful day in, in 2016. Uh, so <laughs> so I, I appreciate it, you know, and, and thank you for just you know, hopping on and, and, and joining the show. Thanks for having me. And anytime, any way I can help you, Baz, I'm always here. I'm always on your bench. Oh, thank you so much. And, you know, if if people want to reach out to you about whether it be the circles, whether it be big brain days, you know, where can they, can they reach out to you? Find me on LinkedIn. Perfect. Well, I'll make sure to have them in the show notes. Again, Jesse, thank you so much. Um, I hope you have a wonderful day. Same to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. And that's the show. If you enjoyed my conversation with Jesse, please make sure to leave a review or rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening as it helps out the show. Also, stay tuned for my next episode with guest Justine Abigail Yu, the founder of Living Hyphen, a publication and community for hyphenated Canadians. As always, remember to live, laugh, and learn.